On this episode, we're joined by Eric Jacobson, the founder and CEO of both Lemon Pie and Hatch Edits. Eric got his start working in the podcast industry by supporting Tim Ferriss on The Tim Ferriss Show, which led him to starting his own podcast PR and production agencies. Eric's one of the people I look up to most in our industry. And in this conversation, we get into how he's built millions of dollars of revenue through his podcast, Brands That Podcast, where he sees opportunities for new show concepts and what he sees working for the brands he partners with, such as HubSpot, FreshBooks, ManyChat, and others. I really enjoy every time I get to talk to Eric, and I think you will too. Let's get into it with Eric Jacobs. Put that content down. Content. For closes on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. All right. We're recording. Carlton. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You listened to me do the cold uh, intro, which is not normal. What was your, give me your, um, yeah. w- what's your rating of that? That was good. Uh, you just had a few slips. So I'm going to give you a seven. Okay. Um, you know, just a few, few slight delays, but it was pretty good overall. So people are probably wondering why do I feel like I have heard Adam and Carlton so much in my life recently? And it's because we've started launching two episodes Mm. a week. So we'd love your feedback. If you, if you don't like that, uh, send it to Adam. If you do like it, send it to me and. Or just like unsubscribe. I feel like that's also an option. Yeah. Or unsubscribe. Pretty no, I, I, it's funny because there's some people that, that, uh, love listening to podcasts, like right when they come mm-hmm. out and, uh, there's some daily ones that I listen to and I can only handle like two or three daily ones, but I like the ones that are like twice a week. It's like a good friend, but you know, it's, it's there when you yeah. need it, but it's not overwhelming. you. Yeah. Same from a consumption standpoint. I love twice a week because either I will listen to them, you know, as they come out and it's just like a fun, uh, you know, second the first one's always good because it's a fresh start and the second one is like you know i kind of get bored midweek and i'm looking for something new i get to listen to my favorite shows or if i've missed a couple of weeks then i go on straight binge mode you know like you go for a a long couple hour walk and just feels like you're talking to the same people over and over again um which is which is always fun so speaking of getting deep into pods eric uh jacobson who by the way i learned on this show this episode his middle name is bison and he has a bunch of bison behind him uh, if you're watching the YouTube. Really? Yeah, which is perfect with our branding as well. Yeah, he was just trying to help us yeah, out. Yeah, go to his little brand nod. Uh, but yeah, Eric's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, like I said, really have always looked up to him and appreciate his perspective on the industry. What would you think of the conversation? Yeah, it was great. Uh, he's got a ton of deep knowledge and like practical knowledge. He's been doing this, like you said, for a long time. So it's always good to hear his perspective and they, they take a little bit different approach at their company and they do a lot of guest finding. Um, and so it's interesting um, from that perspective, he talks a little bit about how do you leverage that to get, you know, get some PR, get some publicity. And um, it's, it's great when you can actually get on other people's show, but sometimes there's other partnerships you can do too. Like, like even a sponsored ad is a way to get into people's ears. Um, even doing like a short segment, like there's a few different things that he mentions that are ways to kind of leverage, uh, working together with other podcasts, uh, to, to help grow your audience for your show. Um, I think, 
you know, it's, it's common knowledge, but this idea of, Hey, if this person listens to podcasts and they're in your industry or they're in your niche, there's probably a good chance that they'd like your show as well. So I think he, he brings a good perspective. To yeah, that. It's pretty cool to see how the industry has been maturing over the last several years. And you know, what, what used to be, you have a podcast, maybe you, maybe you go on somebody else's podcast now has all of these, you know, more traditional channels, whether it be programmatic advertising, whether it be, um, uh, you know, creating automatic ad inventory on your show or doing full scale PR campaigns and, and PR tours like people have done for decades in other, uh, executions that coming to podcasts and Eric's been at the forefront of that. So, uh, definitely learned a lot, learned a lot about how to think about revenue when it comes to, uh, podcast production and, and partnerships. And, um, and uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. What do you, let's just dive into it. Let's go. All right, we're back with another episode of Content is for Closers and bringing back one of, weirdly, one of my oldest, you know, connections, colleagues, whatever you want to say in the podcast space, Eric Jacobson. Eric, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Back for round two. It feels great. But... Yeah, we we probably, we got first connected, I don't know, several years ago. We've been doing this five years. You've been doing it even longer. And, and I always love getting to talk to you, CEO of Hatch Edits, as well as Lemon Pie. Maybe real quick, you could give us just the, you know, description of, of what those two companies do and, and what you do there. Yeah. So we've been in the podcast game for about six years now, like fairly close. I think we both started our journeys around the same time, which is fascinating and really hit podcasting when it was early, but not too early that these, these businesses didn't work. And so over the time, the companies have evolved, but Lemon Pie is a PR agency that focuses on podcasting. So our hundred percent of our focus is on getting awareness for executives at tech interviews, the 30 to 60 minute long form interviews on podcasts that their target audience is listening to. So sort of like a new modern way of PR. And there's some interesting things to think about with that. And then Hatch is essentially a subscription service where for one flat monthly rate, we handle the, the technical piece of the audio editing, as well as podcast strategy consultation for one flat monthly rate that brands you know, can use to get their podcast up and running when they want to create one for their own company. And you work with people there, like I've seen you talk about Dave Gerhardt before and, and yep. other companies. On the Lemon Pie side, you talked about tech tech executives. Is that a newer, yep. I don't know when we talked last, but is that a newer niche or was that always the, 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 the focus? Yeah, so positioning is one of the hardest things to do in, in agency world and like, really been studying that over the years and how important it is. And it's kind of scary to like niche down and feel like you might get too specific yeah. where things won't work. But what we found is it has been helpful to more accurate, accurately describe the people we do our best work for and who could get the most value out of it. Mm -hmm. And over time, um, we've tested that with different types of companies, different types of speakers, things like that. And what we've realized is our sweet spot is tech and and for a lot of reasons, we just understand it very well. We understand what they're trying to do. We can work with a variety of different speakers on their team, each going after shows that have their area of domain expertise, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, so it's been easier to talk about what we do and who, who we do it the best for, yeah. which is what positioning is. 
And then our messaging and all that stuff comes from that. But the tough part is figuring out positioning. And that's been just an iteration over the years, sort of like figuring that out, you know, in real time. Yeah, you've always challenged me from afar. Just we started off, like you said, similar times, but we were way broader. Like, yeah, we do podcasts also like anything you'll pay us for. So, you know, just trying to trying to get going and and get that momentum rolling. And when it comes to niching within podcasts, it does start to get scary because you're, th- you know, you don't want to isolate yourself. Like what if the niche you choose ends up going bearish when it comes to podcasts or whatever? But I think that specific target is, is a great one for, for what we do. Yeah. And it's, we could have said, you know, podcast PR for SaaS or podcast PR for software. And that would be one level further down on positioning. But we just we decided to keep it broad as tech because there's a lot of companies that aren't purely a software company that think of themselves as tech. Mm -hmm. So like big, you know, consumer companies like Personal Capital or like Square would think of themselves as a tech company, but they're not SaaS. So it it allowed for more flexibility with some specific positioning. Yeah, I love that. that. And you, you all have done a really good job telling that story, telling the story of how podcasts can be used within tech or really just even more broadly through your show, Brands at Podcast. And I've seen you talk a number of times about the pipeline that you've been able to generate through that. Obviously, we believe in a similar strategy, but I've never really talked about that. And so I was just curious, maybe that's for good reason, but I was just curious how you think about that and, and what you've seen as you've been developing that show. 100%. Yeah. So Brands at Podcast is our show at Love and Pie. And we've had it for, I think, a couple of years now. We did it in seasons. So we did take a break and then we did season two, which is going on right now. And the goal of that show is we decided to create a bottom of funnel show. So I, I kind of think of these strategies in, in a variety of ways, but two being, do you want to go top of funnel or do you want to go bottom of funnel? And it's not always black and white and it can be a mixture of both. But if we were to go, when we created our show, if we were to go top of funnel, we would have created a marketing podcast mm. because we sell to marketers. And so the goal with that would have been get as many marketers in, in the world, in the country, listening to this podcast on a weekly basis about all the topics of marketing, not necessarily related to what we do. So the goal being like, then, you know, at the end of the episode saying, oh, this is brought to you by Lemon Pie right, or, right. you know, whatever. It's more so having like the sponsored nature of it. We decided, and that's what most shows do, I find, Mm -hmm. to be honest. We decided to be okay with a much smaller total addressable market of potential listeners, but having it more tied to what we do, our expertise, and bottom of funnel. And so we created a show that instead of talking about all the variety of different types of marketing, we just talk about podcasting. Mm. And it's still relevant for marketers, but for the most part, you know, the folks that buy from us aren't listening every single week. They're listening at moments in time when this is front of mind for them or when we put it in front of them on offense in our sales process when they've never even heard of the show. Right. And so I can describe, but you know, a bunch of things we do there, but instead of, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of potential listeners that like are out there for a more broader show, we were okay with hundreds of listeners and the goal being being seen as the expert or one of the experts in our space and then having more flexibility with what we can do with the content. Mm. So we think like it's just the way it's it's one of the ways that people are buying today 
is, or one of the problems with the top of funnel show is you don't really get to share your perspective that much as the host. And so you're highlighting the guest as the expert. And so in all of the marketing collateral that you create after that, it is focused on the guest for the most part. And so what we wanted to do, we did basically an, a weekly show with an every other episode cadence. So we would have a guest on one week and then the next week would just be myself and another team member. And we would break down a single topic that we get lots of questions about. I love that. Oftentimes in the, in the sales process. So it just gave more flexibility on what we could do. So when I would have a sales call, if the person had never heard of Brands That Podcast, but they talk about what's the ROI of this type of podcast strategy. Oh, well, we actually did. Cool. I can answer that for like five minutes here. And then we also have an entire 45 minute episode of myself and another team member breaking that down that I send to them afterwards. And so often I would hear that was incredibly helpful. And I also listened to like eight other episodes of yours in the feed. And so like during the sales process, they're spending like eight hours consuming your content, building up that trust. So that was one way. And the other was I found when we have guests on building relationships, collaborations, and partnerships off of the back of friendships being built as guests is, is pretty pretty commonly known as a good use case yeah. podcast. What I found though is because we built a bottom of funnel show, all of our guests, exactly what we wanted our prospects to think of us. And when they think podcasting, they think us, all of the guests thought that too. Mm. And so what, what their perception of us was, was not just this company doing a marketing podcast or whatever, which was great. And they loved it, but like, you know, Guests are busy. They're not really like doing too much research, yeah. you know, a lot of times on like, especially the, who the brand is and what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, so basically all the questions around the show and pre-interview and the post-interview, like was all building that credibility with the guests of what we do as well. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to parlay relationships off of the back of that, um, after the episodes and like continuing to build the friendship that then led to influential folks with marketing audiences, you know, promoting us. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. I've, I've loved following your journey on that. I think you've even tweeted some specific numbers around it and things like that. And, and like, when you look at it initially, the temptation can be like, oh, it's only hundreds. Well, how are you able to like scale that effectively? But then you think about the fact that, like you said, it's bottom of funnel and you're showing instead of telling, you know, like that, that's so powerful, yeah. especially with the types of clients that are in the space marketing, they get pitched marketing concepts all the time and they're not sure if they're effective, but when you show them like, here's the answer. And also here's proof of how we deliver. I just think that has so much power to it. And the, 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 let's say 500 or 300 or whatever number of people that are listening are like a hundred percent prospective clients for you. So it's like filling up yeah, an entire movie exactly. theater of prospects. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. a great, I think it, people overlook that all the time across industry, not just for podcasting of the, 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 the powerful Big potential time. for that. Big time. And the reason is they're obsessed with vanity metrics. Hmm. It's not vanity. I don't mean to like be so, you know, controversial about it necessarily. Cause like, obviously the more eyeballs or ears that are paying attention to you, and it usually the better. And so like, that makes sense. Right. But people are so, they don't know how a lot of these companies don't know how to attribute the success or the ROI of a podcast to anything but downloads. Mm. And so when you, 
which in fairness is, is an the, idea like this. That, that's, that's, the, it, that's sort it, of it, like the standard metric, right? A hundred percent. You when you go into your hosting account, that's what it shows. Yeah. That's literally the only thing it shows yeah. is downloads. <laughs> and, but there's so much more that you can look at for the ROI than just that. And, and so it's tough if you, you know, you spend a year doing a show and you have 150 listeners per episode that that is seen as a failure in, in a lot of people's eyes. And we don't believe that to be the case. And so we kind of wanted to eat our own dog food and like, you know, back up our own words by doing a show with that very same execution. Yeah. I love that. I wanted to ask one question about, you said you guys made a decision at the beginning to create in seasons. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's something that people go back and forth on a lot, have a lot of differing opinions on. What was the strategy that you had going into it? And for context, like we've toyed with this and in full disclosure, I just don't know how to do it effectively to, and I think it, you know, it needs that forethought in order for it to be used effectively. So I'd be curious how you, how you think about that. Exactly. So again, the reason we had more flexibility in this, it it is very difficult to stop a show for a decently long period of time. Let's just say months. If it's weeks, like that's actually pretty trivial Mm -hmm. and you can actually do seasons that way where you design it such that you, it's less about taking a break and it's more about differentiating the content Mm -hmm. inside of your feed. So it's, you know, maybe you take a two, three week break, but you've already been working on the content. You're going to be able to continue that quickly, but it's more so having a delineation of like new, exciting, fresh season than it is like taking a few months Mm -hmm. off. So when you take a few months off though, what you lose is the habit that the listeners have of going to your show, hitting play and doing that. And so they move on. So it is hard to get them back. The reason we were okay with it is because again, it was bottom of funnel for us. So like this show has produced results. If we stop producing episodes forever from here, this show is still producing results for us Mm. because of the way we design the episodes and the stuff we cover and how we can use it um, in, in sales and marketing collateral, like forever, basically. And so that's why I was okay with maybe we do lose 20% of the listeners we had built up. Like we're never able to get back 20 to 30% of the listeners when we, when we relaunch season two. But I was, again, that wasn't like the North star with our goal. There's so many, this is the most important thing I've found. There are so many different goals you can have for what you hope a podcast does for your brand. There's literally like five to 10 different things. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing is designing the show, the show's positioning and the episode formats and, and content that you cover to meet those goals. So our goal was not to get 10,000 listeners. It was to help actually drive revenue. Right. Crazy thought. And yeah. <laughs> so that's why it was okay to lose a little bit of that. Yeah. That's great. I, I wanted to touch on at the beginning, we talked a little bit about the lemon pie thing and we, we did a whole episode a couple of years ago. I'll, I'll make sure we link that uh, about what yeah. lemon pie is, but for newer listeners, talk about the PR spin of this. So there's obviously like you can have a branded show that has a yep. bunch of objectives you can you can serve. But but how do you think about that PR and specifically serving that target of of tech folks? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely different approaches, different pros and cons. So the PR side, the benefit here is 
the audiences are already built. Mm -hmm. So when you identify the 50 to 200 plus shows that have your target audience listening to them, they already, the listenership already exists. So you can reach out to them. And if you provide value, and I know we, we talked and I think in our last episode about some ways to do yeah. that, to reach out and try to secure the interview and happy to go into anything here too, but landing as many of those as possible, you already get, I mean, it's, it's a quicker path to actually having people consume the content. Mm-hmm. The problem though, is you're not building an asset and you have less flexibility of like what topics you cover kind of and how you can kind of use that in your marketing collateral and engine afterwards. So there's, there's a little bit of trade-offs with it, but interestingly, they both go hand in hand very well. So for example, what we have found after testing this quite a bit and, and studying it is that one of the best ways to grow a podcast is podcast to podcast marketing. We have found that to be the single best channel to grow a podcast. So However you can, getting other similar shows that have listeners that you want to be listeners of your show, somehow your show's name is talked about on that show. So either you sponsor it and they promote it, promote your show with an ad. You could be a guest on it, which is what we're talking about. And you could promote your show. Hey, if you like this, this is what we talk about on our show every single week. Like go check it out driving conversion from that way. And one of my other favorites is like an episode drop. So trying to get an entire episode of yours dropped inside the feed of other similar mm, shows. You see that um, a lot within podcast networks a lot of times. So exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, so what's cool about this is like, if you're thinking about do what should I do one or the other, it doesn't have to be an either or thing because they both actually really help each other. Um, but if you're unsure if this is a channel you will like, it's easier to test being a guest on a few episodes first, just see if you like it. I wouldn't measure it for like direct results off like two interviews or anything like that, but just like, if you like it, if you think it's something you want to spend your time on, and then you could double down on that and then possibly launch your own show. But in an ideal world, your own show has already been created by the time you go and do interviews on other shows so that you can drive awareness to yours. Sure. could totally see the complimentary part of that. And it's almost like what you were talking about earlier with the branded show, all this control, all these levers you can pull in terms of your objectives and all those things. You're, you're sacrificing some of those for volume of audience. Yep. I would be curious, how do you advise people who go on these tours or, or who, you, who think of it in that way to think about conversions? Because obviously mm-hmm. there's, there's some lack of control there. How, how do you all incorporate that into it? Yeah. So there's there again, there's a lot of ways to think about this. The problem, the 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 single biggest problem and also why it's such a big opportunity is the lack of attribution with podcasting as a channel. Why this is a challenge is because it is hard to attribute in any sort of analytics tool that you have for the most part. And I can go into why. But that also means that companies who only are able to, because of their structure, rely on what analytics and dashboards say of where referral sources are coming from as the reason to do or not do something. Mm -hmm. That means they won't do this. And you have the opportunity. This channel has been proven. There are hundreds of brands that have done ads, guesting and production to, to their huge benefit. So that it's this channel works. And so. But the question is, how do you think about the goal? And then how do you measure it? 
So the best way to measure like being a guest on other shows is if you're thinking about it from like a driving revenue standpoint, um, so let's just take leads, for example. It's, it's not the best thing to think of like a, a pure lead gen channel, but if it's working, it should generate leads for you. And the best way to know if that's working is self-reported attribution. So having a, it's pretty shocking how many brands don't have this, but having something pre-form fill or pre-sign up or post-sign up that simply asks, where did you hear about us? Yeah, so simple. And, and literally just having ideally an open text box and they can write in whatever they want versus like prescribed dropdowns. And if this is working, you will, you will see people write in podcast interview, podcast interview, podcast interview. And sometimes they won't remember which one. Sure. If you're doing this right, you've been on dozens and they've heard or seen you on their favorite shows all across that category multiple times. But that, that is the single best way because what happens is people are walking, they're in their car, they're running, they're doing the dishes, they're listening to the episode. They, if you give them a code or a landing page to go to, they may or may not go to that because they're not able to at the moment, but they will remember you and the brand name. And then they go to Google later and they type in you and the brand name. So in your attribution, it will show up as organic yep. search or direct. And so then like this leads some companies to say, oh man, organic is working like crazy. Direct is working like crazy. Let's double down on SEO. But really these people are coming from podcasting. So the only way to know that is by asking them. Um, either directly in the sales process or through like the sign up process. Really good tip there. I feel like that's a very practical thing. A lot of people probably miss just uh, switching gears a little bit. What do you, what do you enjoy listening to when you're doing the dishes, when you're out walking? <laughs> I, I feel like so many of us spend so much time, you know, thinking about this stuff that I don't, if you're like me, I go through pretty drastic phases. Like I'm listening to a ton or I'm listening to nothing. Is there anything that you you've got that's been good for you? Yeah, I don't know if you can see this, but I use Pocket Cast. Oh, yeah. I've got like <laughs> oh my so many, so many podcasts. I've got like a hundred in here, but I bounce around. I'm not listening to like every single one. Yeah, yeah. So I've got two modes of listening. I have one where I find somebody I want to learn as much as I can from in some topic, typically business related. And then I will go find every single interview they've ever done. Mm. And usually it will be on like 20 shows I've never heard of. <laughs> And so I'll just download that. I'll, I'll subscribe to that show. I'll download that episode and, and then do that 20 times across all the interviews they've done. That's one of my favorite things to do. And interestingly enough, that is a hack to grow your listenership. Cause I think a lot of, not a lot, but I do think there's a good portion of people that have their favorite people and they will do that. Mm -hmm. And if you, after you listen to somebody give an interview 10 times, you know, when somebody is giving a as, as a host, being a good host and asking good questions and you can kind of stand out and possibly get them to convert to a listener to your show just by doing that. Man, that's such a good point. I just interject there. My, I have a friend who is obsessed with Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy, has heard every episode and interview that Michael Saylor does. And he will tell me constantly, Hey, so-and-so you should listen like that. He's a great host or she. She's yes. asked really good questions because he's heard hundreds of Michael Saylor episodes. So he knows which people, you know, have a different exactly. wrinkle or something. That's a, that's a great point. Exactly. It's like, you know, 
I went through a base camp phase a while back and studied everything that Jason and DHH were doing. And so I would, I would listen to all of their interviews and like some hosts would, would get them on and ask like, Hey, so what's your take on like remote work? And like, that's one of their core things that they've answered hundreds of times. They wrote a book. Yeah. They wrote a book (laughs) all on it. Like it's, it needs to be more pointed question that is, um, unique. That's never been asked Mm. is the goal at that point for you to be able to stand out. So I like, I like doing that. That's kind of how I study a lot. But some of my other favorite shows are two types, one or three types, inspiration and ideas is one category. So a a show like that, which I know you love as well, is called My First Million. Oh yeah. Just inspiration and ideas. Like when I need, you know, just creative thinking and in like in in quick succession, one episode, like that's my go-to. Information, like information and studying would be like a show like called State of Demand Gen or like literally listening to like hardcore marketing, sales, leadership, you know, trying to get, trying to pick different categories that I want to get better at and finding the best shows in those categories. So State of Demand Gen for marketing, Exit 5 for marketing. And then the third category is almost being able to feel like, like a peer category. So there are some shows that are... Um, oftentimes like co-hosts and they, every week they get on and just talk about their journey, building their business. Mm. And so it's typically got small listenership because it's, it's not meant to be like mass appeal or anything like that. They're literally talking about minute, and I cannot stress this enough, minute details about their business that like, you would have to be on the, on their team sometimes to like really think that yeah. it'd be interesting. But I like that because it's real. It's you get to hear, hear real founders talking about like what's on their mind, the challenges they're having, how long it takes to make things work. Yeah. Like some of these shows have been around for six years now that I've been following. It's like, and then you just feel like you know them and you're on that journey with them while you're on your journey. So Any, uh, boot, Bootstrap Web is one of my favorites. Say it again. Sorry. bootstrapped web bootstrapped Um, check that one out yeah that's that's one of my favorites in that category but there's a few that's awesome yeah to your first one about my first million i am a basic fanboy for sure and we had (laughs) we had today we or today yeah today we released our episode while you and i are recording this we released our episode with the producer of that show ben wilson and so all that sam and sean like retweeted some stuff and engaged and i was ashamed at how excited I got at just <laughs> at just, oh, their, at just their engagement but you know whatever I'm, I'm human it happens they've they have taken the model that a lot of people in your and I's profession almost look down upon which is just like two people just like talking yeah. versus like having a having a more quote unquote high production value. Mm-hmm. And they have taken that and like far outpaced what, what most people, and I think in our profession would say is possible. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it's cool to highlight. I think that there's no right way to podcast. Mm. And as long as it's something that's your unique advantage and reaches your goal and my first million proved that to me. Yeah. It's a great point. All these, all these models work. They have, they, and and I think it's just leaning into what you as the host. Cause I mean, that's what they admit all the time. They like, like soap opera for business stuff. And so that's what they end up talking about. It's like junk food, but it, 
feels good and it's funny and, and you know obviously other people like that too and then there's obviously some hard-hitting like actual advice yes too but yeah it's it's the both and well people forget like listeners are also there for friendship mm. they're not just there for education and entertainment you could have like the most educational a lot of these shows are very highly produced and very educational but you don't feel like you're friends with the host necessarily right and that's what Sean and Sam and other shows like that have captured really well. It's like, it's sometimes it doesn't even matter really what they're talking about because it'll be interesting, but like you just want to be a part of the conversation or like be a part of what they're learning. 100%. Yeah. So kind of to wrap us up here, I'm just curious, what are you bullish about in podcasting? What has you excited? Or it could even be outside of, of podcasting, but any trend or, or theme that you see coming on the horizon here that, that's got you amped? Yeah, I have more so been even even more feverishly like tripled down on this thought than I have since day one, which I've been saying since day one, which is all of this is just getting started. Mm. Still in 2022 is just getting started. I'm seeing it more and more and more when pod podcast plus YouTube combo from influential people who didn't have a means to create media and a direct relationship with people that would listen to them. So like I am athlete is an example. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, exactly. And like shows like that. And so what I am excited about is I think the primary means of media consumption going forward is going to be quote unquote independent shows that are niche in who they appeal to, but there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of them rather than these like, you know, dozen or so traditional sports center or yeah, whatever exa versus ex yeah. exact, exactly. So I'm really excited about that. Um, because it's still, it, cause it, it means it's still early days yep. and I think we're still early. I also was excited to see that Joe Rogan, I was very interested to see what happened with Joe Rogan when he went to Spotify. Mm -hmm. And if it would turn out like Howard Stern, where like the importance of Howard Stern in culture is almost non-existent right, now. And right. he used to be the Joe Rogan of that time. And he went to Sirius and that, that gated content over time basically caused that. What we've now seen after Joe's been there for a year and a half is that he still is the number one show on earth. And so now what I am excited about is the fact that there's this beef in our industry too like should these tech companies like have these gated walls yep. and things like that but i think a rising tide in all this lifts all the boats and so joe succeeding at spotify is good for is good for content creators because it's a means to make money doing something that they love that's helpful to people and and it's getting more people into podcasting as as a medium that they like to consume content on yeah i totally agree i think it it makes it's good for our industry that people argue about it and it makes for good headlines and i mean people i like you know seem to be on both sides of it but at the end of the day like just the fact that we're even talking about podcasting is good for me and you and that's all that, <laughs> exactly that's, that's, that's all my that, <laughs> yeah that's all i really care about Eric, thanks so much again for, for coming and joining us, spending time with us, sharing some of these thoughts. If people want to keep up with you and, and what you all are doing at Lemon Pie and Hatch, what's the best way for them to follow you? 
Yeah, if you want if you want to check out Lemon Pie, it's lemonpie.fm and then hatch is hatch.fm. I'm real big on the .fm like as it. you as you can see. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, hit me up. I appreciate you. I appreciate learning from you from afar and the connection we've had over the years and that we'll have to do this again, you know, next couple of years. We'll, we'll we'll do another one of these episodes. Likewise, man. Appreciate you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing.